I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Wait, are you gaming? On a Chromebook? Yep. It's got a high-res 120Hz display, plus this killer RGB keyboard. And I can access thousands of games anytime, anywhere. Stop playing. What? Get out of here. Huh? Yeah, I want you to stop playing and get out of here so I can game on that Chromebook. Got it. Discover the ultimate cloud gaming machine, a new kind of Chromebook. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Core. This is Core here to talk about the video games and the world of it. I'm Scott Johnson with Bo Schwartz and John Jagger, and we're back after a week of uh, pondering all things video games. Not true. Actually, we spent a lot of time playing. I played more Heroes in the last week than I played in a while, and um, I hate to keep blaming it on that 10% speed boost, but I think there's something to it. Um, we'll talk about it later because we'll talk about what we're, what we're playing and why we're playing what we're playing, but. For some reason, man, hooks back into me. Bo said it yesterday. I was playing a game with him. He says, oh, it's got its, uh, well, how'd you say it? It's got your, its claw. It has its wiener in your orifice again, does it? Is that what you said? Uh, verbatim. Okay. You it. <laughs> that sounds, sounds like right. Bo. Yeah. Sounds, sounds like, like a thing Bo would say. That's something Bo would say for sure. Um, Which orifice? Uh, You'll the, have to guess. My that's ear. for patrons only. It's for my ear. It's my ear. Yeah. Oh, I but, shouldn't uh, say. That. No, the game's, game's good. Yeah. It's, I, I just, it, just comfortable to be back in. I don't know. It's like... Um, it's like if you don't take a bath for a couple months and you hop into the bath and it just feels good. Yeah, I think that's it. Wait, do you do that often? Do you not take a bath for a couple of months and then get in? <laughs> no. Okay. Well, you mean like <laughs> you're you're supplementing it with a shower, right? Or are we just talking about no... No bathing. Yeah, that's it. That's No yeah. cleaning. <laughs> what John said. I yeah, mean, I went that. two days without... Oh, sh- that. I went two days without a shower this week, which is unusual well, for yeah, me. Have you ever done any like bush stuff? Uh... <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> well, like for example, uh, my dad and a bunch of his friends and some people my age, like cousins and things like that, and kids of other people. You know, when men, all men, went to the forest on a fishing trip, and we were on an island 
for nine days. <laughs> is this a made-up story? No, it's There's real. nothing about the story that seems... It seems like stream of That's... consciousness children's story. And Santa was there, and he got attacked by monkeys. So so we were on the island, and it was a fishing trip, and we just all we did, we ate what we caught, we slept in tents, and I maybe bathed once in the lake the whole weekend. Oh, yeah, that I've done. Tell you, okay. Okay. Yeah. My butt was dirty, let me tell you. That, that lake really suffered. Yeah. But <laughs> the toxic waste spill in the back corner of the island. Sure. But sure. when you're roughing it, you don't take a shower for a while. You're full of sweat. The sun's bearing down on you. You're just eating fish. And, well, they're all beer drinkers. I was reading my, uh, I think I, I brought this uh, Harold Pinter play to read and The Uses of Enchantment by Brutal Bethlehem. Oh, my gosh. Because uh, I'm the black sheep of the family that likes to read books and, you know, go you to You know, university. island reading. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, anyways, uh, yeah, you don't wash that much. So when you do take a shower or bath, even in the lake, you're like, oh, man, I feel amazing. So, Wayne, did you call it bush in it? Is well, that... I mean, I meant more rough in it. Like, you just spend oh, time in the bush. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's a, like, if you go camping for a week, I've done that. I've gone, I've gone like, eight days without a proper shower or bath. Yeah, that's what I mean. It, it yeah. comes up if you go into the outdoors. You know, you don't take a shower when you're out there. Right. And you're right. When you get back and you take one, your first one back, it's freaking glorious. Yeah. It's the greatest you thing you've ever done. smell amazing. You get all that, that forest smell off you. <laughs> yep. Yeah. It's perfect. All the smoke out of your hair. All that yes, stuff. you smell like the bonfire. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. All your clothes smell like bonfire. Once they come out of the wash, they're clean. So like after all that bad feeling with heroes, you know, just the sour no, what did we call it? Milky beans. The milky beans. <laughs> no, what did we creamy call beans. it? Creamy beans. Creamy beans. Yeah. So I've had a lot of creamy beans about Heroes of the Storm. Mm-hmm. With that much time away, I've just kind of been playing it and not thinking about any of the stuff surrounding it. And I just still enjoy the game more than other games. <laughs> yeah, it's... on its level, on the level that that game is at, it's, you know, I kind of wish I was a player in a vacuum and I wasn't concerned with the broader drama around, frankly, Blizzard in general, not just the heroes side of it. Um, right. And if right. I if I was away from all of that, I would just have this rad MOBA I preferred over others and I'd be playing it all the time. Um, and I think maybe enough time has passed where I'm kind of cool doing that. But part of what's helped is, I like things they've been doing to it lately. I like that they're um, they're a little bit uh, how do I put this? It's it's a little more um, fluid with the the kinds of updates we're getting. This ten percent speed increase was just this shotgun blast and pick up the pieces later. But let's see how this feels kind of approach, and we don't have to worry about the pros of the HTC. Let's just do it. I think that's cool in its own right, and I actually think it feels good. And also, quick match cues are nothing. It's like 20 seconds and you're in a match. It's ridiculous. So I'm having a really good time in there. And I played a lot this week and it felt it felt right and good. So I'm going to announce right here, the show is converting back. To, I'm just kidding. It's not. We're not you know, doing that. We're not if doing If there's that. a little more to talk about week in and week out. I, I mean, maybe. Give it a few more weeks. I'm, I'm like, I miss, I'm, I do miss celebrating that game. Well, yeah, because it's great. A lot of the stuff that goes with it. I played a bunch of freaking, um, what did I play? I played League and I played Dota 2 during the week. Did I tell you guys about that? I don't know if I did. Uh, I saw a tweet You told, us, you, told us you were getting into it, but just not, I mean. You did mention it. Yeah, but we didn't. Stick. Yeah, it didn't stick like, at all. Because, I mean, I, I appreciate those games for what they are, but I didn't stick with them because I played them both. 
And I did it because I was like, well, if I'm having such a out with my favorite MOBA, let's just go see what what we have to settle for. What are, what are the two monstrous ones in particular? What's the best of those two so that I can maybe, maybe I'll settle into one of those and, and then I'll come calling to all my friends and try to talk them into playing one of them with me because I missed that. Um, even though we still played here and there, I still missed it. And I just don't like those games. I tried. I gave it a whole bunch of games. I'm way better in them than I used to be. I think playing in Heroes, you know, taught me a lot about just how to play a MOBA. But the minute I went, oh, yeah, last hit, a little piece of me died. And I went, oh, yeah, sh- uh, freaking shop items, a little piece of me died. What did you think of the courier? Because that's what scared me off of Dota 2. Uh, I don't remember. what's Who's the courier looks in like there? There's no courier in League, I don't think. No, there's not. But what is it in Dota no. 2? I forget what it is. It's a little thing you can send to the shop. Oh. Like everybody can control it. So if you're doing stuff with it, you're it's another way to bug other people, I guess. Right. Uh, that's true. That's in there, it's but I never point of with contention. It. It's another reason to get yelled at. Plus, there's a secret. When I realized sh- that I was like, oh, I'm out of here. There's, I don't want this. There's also a secret shop someplace. I don't know where that is. I don't get yeah, that. I guess it's jungling somewhere to get the secret shop. Anyway, people who play those games are hearing this going, well, duh, Scott, that's the point. This is the strategy, whatever. I get it. But what I love about Heroes and was reminded about Heroes is they came in and addressed all the things I find tedious, frustrating, and hard. And they removed those or supplanted them with something better. I think talents are better. I think team leveling is better. I think last hit shouldn't matter. I think that um, variation in map and, and uh, objectives is better. Like, it's just a better game. It's a refinement of why these games are fun in the first place. And I just couldn't do it. So I hung those keys up, came back, and got back into the fresh, hot smell of Heroes of the Storm. And it's great in there. I'm enjoying the hell also, out of it. Also, mounting is great. Yeah, mount. Oh, forgot about mounts. walking. Walking back when you like, it's such a setback when you get killed in lane. It like, be, and you miss your goal. You miss your last hit. Your CS. Yeah, or and, or uh, even if you even if you're just out you, in lane, you don't die. You just have to be back to the whatever they call their version of the Nexus, and then run back out. It's a it's nightmarishly long. Yeah, and, and the games are an hour and ten minutes and. That's an exaggeration. The two games, two three games I played in the league, about forty or fifty, unless your your team decides to give up. Which yeah, surrendering. That's why surrendering is in that game because they go fifty minutes. So, right, right. Yeah. And you got to get the whole it's, team on board, and if they don't, it's just irritating. And then I come back to Heroes. It's like, oh my gosh, I pumped that out in a maximum of the longest game I had was twenty five minutes this week or whatever. Uh, lots of games between fifteen twenty. It's perfect. I can get two three games in call that hour good and get out. Whereas with the other game, I'd have played maybe one when I guarantee I would have only played one. And who knows, you know, how far we'd have gotten in before everybody wanted to quit and, or we maybe eked out a win. Like, I don't know. I just, just not my bad. One of the other issues too, is that um, you have to know your item builds and how to play the hero. There's a lot more knowledge to research. If you're serious about, you know, your preferred champion and probably if you're researching, you're picking a champion that's more meta so someone else takes it, and if you only got one hero that you're good with, you're screwed. Like, you don't get a ton of opportunity to try playing a wide pool of heroes like mm-hmm. you do if you get six games in a night. Chances are you'll probably play like three or four. You know what I mean? Like, so there's also more. If you have two hours of play time, you get two games in league, or you get six games, five to six games in heroes. So that's that many more opportunities to you know 
practice other heroes and roles and things like that. And that's what's cool about heroes is you can do what you just said, but also um, it's, it's one of the things they fix about the game. There's still strategy in there. It's more accessible on the front end. There's still a big skill ceiling on the back end. If you really want to be good at a character, you can be heads and tails and, and, and tears above anybody else's play. If you're a really good Chen, because we had that Chen out last night. It pissed me off so bad. Um, but that's a good example. And if you're not playing Chen at the highest level, or if that's your preferred character, but you get in and somebody else took him in the draft or something, or somebody banned him, there is a bunch of other heroes that you can play without like, oh my gosh, I don't know. all. I forgot all the item trees I have to make sure and buy, and I don't like any of the suggested ones. And like, I just, I can't do them, dude. I tried. This is the better. I'm sorry. It's just a better game. Come at me. At me, bro. At me. All also, right. in the weeks that I've been back playing pretty hardcore the past couple of weeks, I haven't seen a single Cho'Gal. Oh, interesting. Like, there's plenty of irritating hammer and Morales crap. Like, there's cheese for sure, but I haven't seen a Cho'Gal. I've seen lots of <laughs> lots of Novas. Um, lots of Samuro for some reason. He's in everything. I think it's a speed lots of bump helped Samuro. him. Yeah, Samuro was everywhere. Hmm. Um, almost every game I'm in, I swear he's in there. And then, uh, who else? Oh, a lot of uh, who, who's uh, who's stabby stabby lady from Diablo Two? Can I give her name? Cassia. Okay, oh, yeah, it's lots of Cassia. Yeah, lots true. of Cassia. Uh, uh, Valera as well. She's kind of all up my butt. So anyway, it's just a. It's just a great game. And I played some games with you guys last night and we lost a bunch. Bo and I won one and then John came on and we lost everything for not to, I'm not implying that John came in <laughs> uh-huh. and made us lose. That's not what I was doing. Uh-huh. I'm That's saying I'm just saying game. we kept losing. It was just the luck of the draw, but uh I still had a blast. Like I I I pined to play more. I want to play more. I haven't felt this way in a while, so call it well, a it's it's okay, Scott. We won one after you. <laughs> oh, did you really? Yeah, we did. Barely. We were dominating for the first half, and then it got real scary, and then we just decided, what if we won right at the end? Well, then it's a a win sandwich, because Bo and I won the one at the top. You came in. We lost everything, and at the bottom, you guys won. So those losses were the meat, and you guys were the bread. Or Bo was the bread, I guess. So nice job, Bo. You're a good piece of bread. Way to be the bread. bread. Yeah, nice piece of white bread. Mmm. Mm, anyway it's good. you can put fish on that <laughs> make a fish sandwich anyway if you guys like you know got away from it or you're like yeah i'm mad at blizzard 2 or whatever i would recommend just poking your head in there your favorite moba is is kind of better than ever and and i like it and i think i just kind of had a coming to jesus moment on it finally and part of it was you know going and playing those other games and just reminding myself what i like about it and there's a lot to like it turns out all right, that's not what we were going to talk about today. I mean, we can't. We can talk about anything, but that was not the main. We can talk about as much heroes as we want. Yeah, we, we absolutely can. Yeah, so that's it's always on the table. But I have a I have a larger issue I want to discuss real quick, and it is um, some of this is in lieu of any actual gaming news that we can riff on this week. But I have this issue today, July seventeenth, two thousand and nineteen. I'm going to burp. Hold on. Some some might call it your birthday. Oh yes, yeah, my birthday. Thank you for happy birthday to Mr. Frog me. Pants. Yeah, uh, it's my birthday. That's fine. 
for my birthday, I thought, you know what? I'm going to give myself a video game. That's what I'm going to do. Oh, nice. Yep. What'd you, what'd you get yourself? Today, on the 17th, a game was released on Steam that I have been excited about called Gloomhaven. And you hear that and go, oh, wait, isn't that a board game? Yes. It's an extremely popular board game. One I haven't played yet. Uh, so I come to this only with the knowledge that it, it seems awesome and I can't wait for someone to actually have it. And I'll absolutely play this at some point. But it's also a huge commitment. It's the kind of board game you leave on a table for weeks and nobody touches that room while we're gone and, you know, got a bit of a D&D uh, level of commitment to it. Yeah. Uh, so I was excited about a video game because often game versions of this stuff will distill these things down into more playable chunks. And I also liked what I'd seen screenshot-wise and I was excited about it. So along comes this release. 24 bucks. it's up on Steam. I decide to just go for it. And I learn very quickly, oh, it's it's early access. Well, that's okay. I do that I do that a lot. It's early access. Let's download this thing and you know, see what's going on. Um, my favorite early access games are games that are almost done. They just are it's feature they're 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 feature finished, but now it's just polish and tweak and play test and update and take feedback and implement feedback. Like that's my kind of uh, early access game, and there are plenty of examples of those. But there's this other category of of game on early access where they just aren't done at all. <laughs> and I don't mean broken or so buggy it's it's impossible to load or any of that. I mean, feature-wise, there's just nothing in the game yet, and this is one of those. There's one mode available. It's called Adventure Mode. There are only two characters available at, at this stage, and there's supposed to be, I don't know how many, but way more than that. Um, and Adventure Mode is just a handful of small quests basically dungeon crawls that involve the combat systems of the game and that the combat systems are you know supposed to be basically what the board game is at this point uh but the tutorial is not there yet the campaign not there yet multiplayer not there yet co-op not there yet all of these things are coming none of it's there and i got to thinking well first of all i feel like that's just too early like that is some early ass access and I understand people want to be tipped the spear on something they love, which is great, but I think it's too early for that game. I couldn't recommend it in good conscience to people who are stoked about it quite yet. I think it'll all get there. Don't get me wrong. It already, it's like visually really polished and neat looking. Like I think they've got something, but I can't in good conscience tell somebody to spend their hard-earned money on a game that really does feel like they aren't even to a point that you, you could say an alpha. Like this is so early. So that opened up the broader question to me. Early access. We've had it for a while now. I don't know how many years. It's not just the domain of Steam anymore. All the other online PC stores do it. Consoles do it now to some degree. Like early access is a thing. Welcome to the thing. It's a thing. The question is, are we getting the best value for that thing? And should there be some standard for how far along should something be before you can call it early access? Uh, would we do this with other content? Would we would we go to a movie theater and spend our fourteen bucks and all our popcorn money on a movie that didn't have any of the effects in and just had animatics for placeholders? Would we um, buy music that wasn't mastered in the studio yet and had a lot of echo and you can hear a guy talking the whole time or eating a sandwich? Um, would we <laughs> would we watch and you know you get the idea? Would we take yeah. other entertainment and accept it? at, at r roughly a full price. A lot of times early access means you're going to pay a little bit less, but usually not that much. Like I'll bet this thing's 29 at launch. It's 24 now. So you're going to save yourself four or five bucks, I guess. 
So I guess what I'm saying is, do you guys, does this give you any pause or should we, should we not care about this? Should, should the rule just be don't ever get early access because you're going to get disappointed? Um, is it not that big a deal at all? Because I might be making a mountain out of molehill here. So, Bo, I hand it to you on a platter uh, well, and Glo- say... Gloomhaven, Gloomhaven was um, a product of Kickstarter. Right. And so it owes its existence to early funding. What's strange about Gloomhaven is they went for early access and didn't kickstart the video game. Yeah, right? Like they I mean, had It makes you wonder success. why this seemed like the better option. They had enormous success. Maybe, maybe, maybe it's because they know that they would get a built-in test audience and they need that or something. Yeah, um, but I mean, like, yeah. It, it, it's just tough with a game because things can be iterated or not. So oftentimes when you look at something that's you know, an alpha or beta, depending on its release condition, you can't tell because I'm looking at the Gloomhaven video now is like, is it going to look this crappy when it releases mm-hmm. or is it going to look better? Right. And when I say crappy, I just mean like, we're not talking blizzard levels of animation here. We're talking it's pretty, the motion that does what it looks like it's meant to do, but it's not, it's not a tier, right. <laughs> right? You're buying this knowing it's an indie game it's like B or C to your art and animation still looks great, but am I getting something better at the end or is this my finished product? Right. See, then what I like about Kickstarter when it comes to games is that like, what I like about the contract is that you're just investing in the hopes that something gets produced and there really can't be an expectation of how it looked like. When I'm buying early access, I'm like, what am I getting in the end? Because I know that games can be dramatically improved or hardly improved at all in the ways I imagine. So, um, yeah, I don't know. That's that's. I mean, I don't. I I bought Daisy in early access, mm. and that's really soured me to the concept because that, <laughs> it's, it's definitely like one to do that too. That's one to sour you for I, sure. Yeah, I got in like 2010. It was one of the first early access game or whatever year it was. It was a long time ago. All right. And uh, it had finally launched and obviously in a really bad state, pretty much defunct, just kind of just put it out. Yeah. And I realize, I don't know, probably I think general confidence in early access should be pretty high. There's a lot of good examples. But yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't love it. Hmm. I mostly wait now. I don't buy any early access. So that tells you what I think about it. John, do you, um, what are you, what's your, usual when it comes to this sort of thing do you wait do you buy early what do you do i think you got to try and be smart about it i mean like anything you can you can get tricked either way there are games out there you know we talk about pre-ordering games and stuff like that and you can pre-order a game being a hundred percent certain it's going to be something you want get it and then be surprised to find out it's not or you can look at something like my favorite example is always the uh the last doom game where we and Slack were talking about it up to the day that game came out. Like, this can't be good, right? Mm-hmm. This game isn't going to be good, is it? Mm-hmm. And none of us were really sure. All of us were really skeptical. And then slowly we started seeing more and more of it. And we were like, I think this game might be good. I think we should actually get it. And I remember, Scott, you and I ended up getting it. I think the night it came out, mm-hmm. we were both downloading it because we changed our mind right at the last second right. and thought, oh, maybe we are going to like this game. And it ended up being great. Mm-hmm. And I kind of view uh, early access the same way. There have been some games I've played in early access that have been uh, phenomenal. 
that I've loved the experience of. And I've loved watching the games evolve over time. Um, you know, uh, Hades is a really good one right now oh, right. on the Epic Games Store. Right. Um, and that's a fun game to check in with every now and then and go, well, how has this evolved since the last time? I have every faith that Hades is going to come out. I basically got into the early access, not because I was like, oh, I want to get in here and really try that. I just couldn't wait. I love their games. I knew it was going to eventually hit, and I, I wanted to get in and, and play it early. But I think that there are plenty of times that people get burned, you know, um, and so I think ultimately, I don't think it's inherently bad to do early access. I think it just depends on what you want out of it and what your expectations are. And if it's something that's going to be able to really hurt uh, your feelings and, and expectations and all of that, then avoid it. If it's mm. something where you know you're going to get in and have a good time, regardless of whether it's early access or not, go for it. Mm. Get in there and do it. Because um, I know... I know for me, that's just been the case with a lot of games. Um, not Rogue Legacy. What was it? The the game kind of like that that was in early access for so long before it finally came out. Oh, um, you play the headless dude, right? Um, or the the like moss for head. Uh, uh, dead cells. Dead cells. Yeah. Dead cells. Yeah. That's a that's a game. I bought that in early access. Actually, I did too. I've, I did too. I've probably put more hours into that game in early access than I have since it came out live. But that doesn't that hasn't soured me on that experience because I had a I had a great time. Now, if a game comes out and is very very rough, like Gloomhaven, like you're talking about, I think I would hope that the developers are setting an expectation. I don't think they necessarily have to, but I think they should come out and say, here's where we're at. Here's what you're getting. Here's what you're buying into. Um, and it's going to grow and evolve. And if you know you're going to be all in on that, then sure, get in now. Why not? If you don't want to wait. But if you want a finished product, then I think, yeah, just ignore early access because there's a chance you could be burned for a while or have something that's not going to be of any use to you for a long while. Mm. Um, but I think I've had too many good experiences to just say that's ah, intrinsically bad. We should never do it. Yeah, I, I think, think I, I, I think, think it's agree. on the consumer to to figure out. I think I agree. Another with that. good one was Slay the Spire as well. Oh yeah, Slay yeah. the Spire was in, and that seemed like it was in that state for a long time. But part of it is like if the Slay the Spire guy turned around and says, "All right, my new game's coming out soon in early access," I'd go, "Sweet, I'm getting it day one." So that's more of a I trust him now. Because yeah. he's or if himself. there's a playable amount of like I could have bought both those games, Dead Cells and Slay, I could have bought, and there could have been no further development, and mm -hmm. still felt like my money was well spent because right. there was enough for me to play. Right. In the case of Hades, I'm like John. I bought it as well, and that game is great, and I very much look forward to whatever its final state is. But it's a very playable game since day one. Was never buggy. I didn't feel like I was playing a half baked alpha. But I think part of it is they proved time and time again that they go all in on the polish that the final product is exactly what you would hope it would be and more they exceed your expectations and so at this stage i just trust them in fact for all i know i think hades is their first uh, early access game i don't think any yeah. of their other games hit early access before so some may see that as a disappointment for me it's like no i'll i'll get in on the ground floor of this one uh and i'll save a little money and I'll be a part of the growth of this thing before it even hits because I trust those guys. So to me, that's the bigger factor. If you release a piece of junk and you've never done anything else to prove yourself, 
then gamers aren't going to trust you, and then they won't trust early access in general. They're trusted less. Um, but yeah, uh, again, it's not perfect. I think um, now that I think of it, Slay the Spire. We've talked about the art before. When that was an early access, there was some sense on my part, at least hoping that this wasn't final art. <laughs> right. Right. Did you see the actual you know, like, game, the board gameplay stuff and all that? I thought that looked pretty good. It's the trailer I don't in, like. What, in Gloomhaven? Gloomhaven, or? yeah. Gloomhaven. Yeah, I mean, I've heard nothing but good things about the game. So it looks to me like a game that rides on the back of its gameplay and not its graphics. Mm-hmm. So I take umbrage in that, right? Yeah. But, Sl- yeah, uh, that's- but in Slay the Spire's case... I mean, it's still ugly, and that game's out. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, like even it, like, even um, with this Gloomhaven thing, like honestly, these cards might be fun to play or very functional in the board game, but they have a card system. It, it doesn't. I mean, it's just text, right? <laughs> I'm like, I'm just like, I, you know, you, that's where you get into the whole conversation of if you're playing a video game, why aren't we doing video game things? Like, do we even need to have a card system? And I guess it's for the faithful who really like the board game who want it in digital format, and there's nothing wrong with it. But, you know, it's just, it's, again, because it's early access, maybe that's going to happen or maybe that's not going to happen. And that's a, it's just a part of the decision making, at least for me when I'm buying something like, is it just going to look like this when it launches? Because I think I'll still play it just, but Gloomhaven's an exception. It has super strong word of mouth. Yeah. And I want to say that Slay the Spire, there was even a time, maybe not right away, but I, I remember looking into that before I bought it going oh they're gonna add new art i remember that being something that they were like new art is coming we're working on new art and then they did it and you were like it's it's still bad mm-hmm. <laughs> they it's new sure but it's still not very good mm-hmm. and so i think that that's another thing that can be a pitfall i mean that game's great that game's fantastic but you know if you look at the description for early access and you go i don't like how this game looks and then in there they say oh we're working on new art for the game you go oh it'll be better no guarantee that that's going to happen either right um but i think you need to evaluate are you going to be content with the experience you get as it is or are you hoping that it's going to become something bigger and if you are hoping it'll become something bigger and better i'd say avoid early access because you're you're making a gamble at that point and that's that's a risk that's now on you if you do it but to me that's where that divide is is every time i've been happy with early access i knew i was going to be happy with the thing that i was buying at that time and hoping that it would become better yeah and any time that i've ever gone well maybe it'll turn into something good it's usually a letdown yeah that's a fair point that's why i like the return policy if you're not happy in that first couple hours you can just Turn right around and get it returned. I was looking at the 12 games, so I don't know if you guys knew this, but there were 12 games that launched the first early access program on Steam. And I think that's technically the first early access program anywhere. Um, these are what they were. Well, I'll tell you the ones that that ended up making it, okay? So of the 12, okay. that's that's kind of what's funny, was a handful of these fell off and died which before they were finished, which, you know, again, the very first run-up didn't couldn't even finish all 12 games, but... Here were those uh, nine that made it. It was Kenshi, Kerbal Space Program, Arma 3, Prison Architect, Robot, sorry, Drunken Robot Pornography. I don't know what that is. Uh, it sounds oh, like a great night. what robots look at when they're drunk. I guess so. Uh, Gnormia, I don't know how you say that, G-N-O-R-M-O-R-I, 
Gamoria, whatever that is, Gear Up and Kinetic Void. Those were ultimately, quote unquote, finished. There were some others called, um, let's see, Under the Ocean, Kick It, um, a few other games did not make it. And uh, that's okay. But uh, the point is that, um, I don't know, I guess we remember some of these games. Arma 3 was a big deal. Kerbal Space Program was huge. Yeah. Prison Architect sells tons of copies. Yeah, I play. I own Brother Prison Architect. Really I think game, actually. Yeah. I put more time into it in the pre-release than I did since I got the actual thing. See, I feel like that's another factor here, and you mentioned it before, but it's worth talking about. Um, this, I feel like this happened with all of us with Overwatch. We played the living crap out of that Overwatch beta. Just played, yep. played, played. Tons of levels. Unlocked ourselves to Oblivion and back, and played and played and played. Game comes out. It's official. We get in. We play it. But we've already spent the last nine months cranking on that thing. And now it's like, oh, I don't know. It feels like a little much now. <laughs> and you didn't roll over my levels or, you know, none of that stuff came forward for all my testing. It's just it's just the game now. And, and we, you know, I easily played more in the beta than I have in actual live game. Yeah. Um. I mean, again, it's not a problem, but that's a weird part of this, right? Like you get right, your fill. Right, doesn't remove the good times you had yeah. it's not like we look at it and go well we didn't have any fun with overwatch because all that alpha stuff doesn't count but at the same time there is a level of you know now it's out and it's for everybody and everybody's playing it and you've got a lot of people that are like mm, i'm kind of sick of it but i i will say one of my favorite things about early access and this is this is the reason why i tend to still pay attention to these games in general is because usually, as it's getting close to coming out, there's a patch where they just tighten everything up right to where they're thinking it's going to be for release. Mm -hmm. And it's so cool to see that that big jump from you know the early little tweaks here and there, and we're getting things in place, and we've put this system, but then there's that one where it's just sort of all the threads finally connecting and pulling everything together and how all the systems are going to work. And I love that. The feeling of getting into that patch with a game you're familiar with is really kind of a unique and fun experience. And I I love going through that. Like, I don't follow development very much. I do have kind of a passing interest in documentaries and behind the scenes and stuff like that. But there's something about seeing a game go from still it's it's rough early days to where it's just hitting its stride and about to be the finished product. That's a, a fun patch to get in. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, a good example of EA, uh, EA meaning early access. I kind of hate that EA is the short for early access, but whatever. <laughs> um, it was, uh, was um, Darkest Dungeon. That's a great example of a game that is yeah. incredibly good and uh, got there on the backs of early buyers and players, and was that not Kickstarter? Uh, I thought it, it may have been both. I don't or know. Did they did they do both? Could have no, been both. it was definitely early access. Yeah, early for access sure. for sure. I don't know about the Kickstarter part. It might have been. Oh, I but thought that, maybe it was a Kickstarter. That's not hugely unusual either, though. Like a lot of these games will hit early access. Well, like the Kickstarter for um. Oh no, there's a Kickstarter here for Darkest Dungeon. Yeah, they did both. Is what they did. Which is not that unusual. They're not really meant to be the same thing. I mean, in essence, they kind of are. Well, like Darkest Dungeon, I guess the, the Kickstarter, sorry, it was the seed money yeah. so that they can finish a product and then they might as well just release it and collect more revenue as they make it. Yeah. It's essentially pre-order. Like, 
pre-order is early access. It's just the big companies have to deliver something, but you have no idea if that's a jank pile. Right. Like imagine all the people, all the people who pre-ordered Anthem yeah. <laughs> bought an early access game that stayed in early access. Yeah, no, I I haven't heard. Uh, by the way, speaking so, of that, I haven't heard Jack about that game lately. Like, are they even doing anything with it? Is it just a giant waste of five years of development? What happened with that thing? Uh, I don't know. I have they've it, they've been mum about it. There's supposed to be some big update. I think nobody cares. I think that ship has sailed on it. Yeah, and it's up to them to either pull a blizzard and still continue to support their game, even though they've put it somewhat out to pasture. Yeah, or the community has, or. I assume because it's EA Bioware, it's just going to hit the dumpster. Oh, it's a bummer, dude. So much cool potential in a game like that. I missed the name of the game. Yeah, we were talking about Anthem. Anthem. That's, yeah, that's yeah. rough. For some reason, my mind drifted, and I thought of another early access kind of nightmare that exists. What's that? Called Star Citizen. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's a very special kind of nightmare. It's oh, a- I saw a picture of Chris Roberts in the face app. It's like <laughs> circa 2043 when Star Citizen finally launches. Did somebody do that? That's hilarious. I can't remember where I saw that. I was on Reddit. Oh, that's really, like funny. That. Um, really funny. Yeah, no, it's that game is in. I don't even know what to call that thing. It's not even. I don't know what that is. It's the Fire Festival of video games. Oh my lord! Listen to that description. That's gonna get bad. They even got celebrities all pumped to be in it and everything. You're describing it exactly so far. I mean, it may all work out in the end, but how long are we gonna do this? Like, how long does your freaking funding plan go? Because they're still doing it. Still buying ships and stuff for $1,000, whatever people are paying for this crap. Um, I get an email. Well, there's playable content in there for people. Like, it's... It's an alpha. I don't know what state it's in. I remember hearing you could walk as a first-person shooter onto space stations. It's got everything in the kitchen sink. It sounds amazing. I know. If if they can do what they're saying they're going to do, and maybe it does take this long, then it could be the most incredible game ever, but I sure would rather not everyone have to give it. When did it, it start? When did this start? When did this madness start? People are going to pre-order are, that, and then they're going to have to put on their will that their grandsons and granddaughters get access to the <laughs> game. Get all their ships. Yeah. I leave to my child my ship that I pre-ordered. That I never Star played, Citizen. that I never flew once, or maybe you did in Alpha or something, but there's no like okay. semblance <laughs> of, a, of a release date for this thing. This is the Google's blurb when you Google Star Citizen Kickstarter start date. Star Citizen was announced in 2012 as a Kickstarter crowdfunding campaign to be a success, spiritual successor to Wing Commander and Freelancer. The initial estimated target release date was said to be 2014. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the, we're, we're five years beyond the target release date, and the game has expanded into a giant pile of stuff. Development of the game began in 2011. So... I mean, now you can land on planets. Now, supposedly, that... First-person shooter behind-the-back stuff works when you get out of the ship. Supposedly, the story mode is a whole separate thing. Um, like by the time they launch this thing, you know, people are the way people appreciate and enjoy games now is like you launch the game and they want more content after. They want expansions. They want a sequel. They, you know, if it is in fact going to be good, I don't think anyone is going to want to continue working on that game after. Like, I, it's just insane to me. And like, how long is it going to take to get the rest of the content out there? It's I don't know. I mean, look, a spiritual successor to Wing Commander and Freelancer sounds great. I'm I'm all on board. And if they can make a game, if they can make the game they're describing, that sounds beyond phenomenal to me. Yeah. But the red flag for me is when they start to do, we're adding this, 
and it's going to be modules. And you're like, what does that mean? Well, we're going to have like a flight module and maybe that'll come out. And then we'll do like a, a battle module and we'll do it. And you're just like, what are you talking about? These aren't words or sentences that are used when talking about video games that are coming out. You're you are trying to fix something that's on fire is what it sounds like. <laughs> it does sound so that way, yeah. I I don't believe it and I'm not going to believe it until I see it and as much as I would like to be a part of the buy-in on Star Citizen, I can't because it just it feels artificial right now to me. And yeah. to me, there's too many red flags on that one. It's uh, taken forever is the main thing. I did play at that one. They had like a open alpha weekend thing for anybody who wanted to get in. And I, it felt like a way for them to show people, yes, we're making progress. <coughs> Excuse me, but I found it really Flashy. obtuse and hard to figure out. And <laughs> janky, there was a ship that was trapped halfway into the landing pad and I couldn't get it out. And, <laughs> I, I was going to say, I remember seeing footage of this game, and I think it was from you, just uh, <laughs> looking out at a ship, just like embedded into this bigger landing platform. Yeah, it was bad. It was really bad. Um, but I see the potential. I get it. I just... We gave, we gave him too much money. Yeah. That's what happened. I'm they, looking here. We gave him $250 million. Gosh, dang it, man. Like, like... Creep, like, feature I'm, creep is what they've got is feature creep that's what's going on i here. mean they have enough money like, i don't know how much it costs to run a studio that's just making one game although a serious scope game was at a couple million a year in staff and rent and buildings yeah i don't know i assume so <laughs> I, I assume <laughs> it's just, i assume it's extremely expensive and they probably have to look at like well how are we supporting this down the road are we making like most companies game? generate revenue i guess is what i'm saying like game companies at some point they generate like they may take ten years on a game, but they're releasing other crap, or they're doing side work for other companies, like the contracts, things like that. <laughs> what are they doing? But, but right. at some point, someone has to sit there and go, "You know, what we need Gary Oldman," and someone goes, <laughs> "No, we need to make a game first. Yeah, <laughs> like make your game. Yeah, that's exactly it. Like, I'm it's all... the two fifty million spent by now. I guess. Yeah, it's, well, I don't know if it's spent, but." One would assume that they're churning through that money. They must be just burning through it. Because the idea kind of is like, we give you that money and then it fulfills the investment. Right. So right. that money's spent, then you just release what you got and just admit to the world that you messed up. Well, and <laughs> like, here's, I don't and know. here's the problem with that, because this wasn't traditional investment. This wasn't angel investors. This wasn't game investors or an existing game company. This was out of the pockets of fans. And that's bad if you at a $250 million level, if that crashes around those guys, that's bad. Like that's like a eventually really... at some point, if they run out of that money, they got to go, we got to scrap it. We're just releasing Overwatch. <laughs> 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 they make a team-based shooter out of it. That'd be amazing. Which is kind of what's happening. I mean, this whole thing is like, we're making Privateer. And then it's like, well, it's a, we're doing Squadron 42. Yeah, and kind I'm of. Like, Okay, we got this other weird shit we did, but we're just gonna make Squadron Forty Two, and who knows the other stuff. I don't know. I, I'm sort of. Ta I think we're all talking a bit out of our butts here because I would really like to have played it firsthand myself, right. like in its current state today, to say like, oh, this have faith, everyone. But I think it's a big con at this point. Yeah, it feels pretty. It feels pretty conish. I think they they woke up one day, realized they didn't have a game. They were like, we gotta tell them. And then someone like turned on the news and saw the state of the world, and they went, "Hold on, <laughs> <laughs> world might end before we have to admit to anything. Yeah. Just let's just let's let just ride it out and yeah. see what happens. Ride it out. Keep putting out emails talking about uh, Gary Oldman, and everything will be yeah, fine. Quick, 
Take a picture of Mark Hamill. Send it out. Yeah. Print it. It's right. He's in that too, isn't he? Yeah. Uh, and that looked good. I can't tell if it's a video game, though. Here's the thing. Um, to finish this out. Well, actually, to finish that specific issue out, Rebel Galaxy Outlaw looks like what I'm looking forward to the most in my next space game that's like Privateer. That's oh, like yeah. those games. I cannot wait for that. But they keep teasing us online, those jerks. Their Twitter account is nothing but like, wouldn't it be cool, me? And then some gif of in their game. It's like, dude, make the finish your game. I mean, at least there I'm not paying anything yet. But I will play it today. I want that game so bad. Oh, my gosh. Rebel Galaxy Outlaw. That's all I care about. That's my game yeah, that I care I'm, about right now. I'm with you because I, I like that team. Uh, that seems like a cool world. It was supposed to be a Star Wars game. And... Uh, I just think it's going to be, I think it's going to be awesome. It looks insane. It looks like it's going to answer all the things I want. I love the first yeah. one too. And I, I think this looks like it addresses everything that you could criticize about the first one. Oh my gosh. Just yeah, hurry up and finish whole, it. You can go up and down like yeah. in space. Crazy. X, Y access, man. Yeah, all right. A uh, couple of quick notes here. Oh, I should probably play this as a transition. <laughs> save this delete thing for later because I think that actually makes a good main topic and we may need one next week so uh nintendo they got so we announced the switch Lite last week or we talked about the announcement and uh they'll now have this portable focus switch which is cool and we went back and forth on that they also have now followed that up with a new switch model so john your question about let's see what they do for the base model that is the tv handheld combo and what they yep. change it turns out not much one would assume and we can only assume because they didn't address it, things like better uh, Joy-Con, anti-drift, you know, you know, better better construction of those parts of the device would or hopefully be included. Or a version that has a D-pad on it, seeing as that's what people are so excited about with the Switch Lite. Yeah, maybe a D-pad maybe. Sell a Joy-Con with a D-pad. Exactly, or have some way of attaching a D-pad, something. But uh, not really. All you're going to get is really the original Switch with better battery life, up to nine hours on a single charge. Excuse me, that is significantly higher than the current Switch, but that's only important in undocked mode anyway. So uh, <laughs> both of these new Switches are very much undocked friendly because of the battery life improvement, but that's about it. Um, you're looking at the, the, uh, the, the last one was something like, let's see, two, two and a half to six hours, depending on what you were doing. This will do 4.5 to 9. That's considerably higher. And uh, that's really the only change. Nintendo is like your friend that continues to succeed with minimum effort. <laughs> and like, but like really greatly. Like the person you're like, man, they're lucky. Yeah. You just And you just don't know how they do it because they seem so averse to actually succeeding. Yeah. Because Nintendo, every time it's like, Hi, we're Nintendo. We're doing a new console. Is it going to have, you know, what are you doing? Good graphics? No, not really. <laughs> well, what are you doing for Internet? What's the Internet? And you're like, what are you doing, Nintendo? You're like, they're like, we're going to make this console. I don't know. It's going to have things that come off of it. It's going to be this. Oh, like a handheld and a portable. Yeah, but like way crazier. 3D rumble. You're going to be motion. You can be swinging these little joy pads. Look at these little sticks. They're great. Yeah. Isn't that fun? And yeah. you're like, no, it isn't fun. And then it comes out and you're like, oh, how did this work? How did this happen? How are they successful? How did they do it? <laughs> and then you look at something like people going, oh, I want a D-pad on that. 
oh, can we just get a D-pad? And they're like, no, we can't do that. Can't give you and they're a like, well, but you sell Joy-Con separately. And yeah. I'm telling you as a consumer, I will spend your 30 or $40 or whatever it is to get two more Joy-Cons that just have a D-pad on it. Yeah. Well, well, we here at Nintendo do not <laughs> want your money, sir. Thank you very much. Their aesthetic <laughs> resonates with uh, grandmas and the older generation that doesn't play games. I mean, kind of. That's like the characters. Like when you look at your an older parent, you're not familiar with games at all, and you you know look at a PlayStation Four, and it looks like a black box of death for illegal stuff. Versus Mario and Link and Donkey Kong, and like the colorful box and games on them seem pretty great too. That's my personal experience of people who are you know, they're like I want to buy a video game system for my child. It's going to be a Switch. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, think that's I, I think I that's think how they succeed. Deserved. Yeah, I they don't think got. Xbox I get how they got there, but also Scott has it. He's the grown ass man. <laughs> yeah, well, he, he, he's, he, a, he's a competent gamer who discerns game. Like he, he can read the context of it. I'm saying for the people who can't, Xbox and PlayStation look like they're for basement people because in their minds that's what gamers are. I'm not right. saying this is what we think, but there are people out there who think this way. Right. They want to get a nice product for their their child, and maybe they'd be even interested. Everyone I spoke peak to in my life who's a non gamer thinks Nintendo's great, and that's how they get by. For well, I'm not I'm not offering commentary whether it's good or bad. Yeah. No, I, I I and I agree. I think you're I think you're 100 right. That's why they succeed. But you just look at it and you're like, what if you succeeded a little bit more? And they're like, <laughs> eh, we don't need to. And you're like, but could we because i think i would be on board with that idea and they're like nah, don't worry about i mean to to <laughs> to to put uh that's a fair point but i also want to say i do believe that the switch i have my prediction the switch light is going to sell like freaking hotcakes that thing is going to be yes extremely <laughs> popular like out of control popular it's going to sell so many freaking s- systems and games it's going to be ridiculous and I wish they would have had the same excitement toward a revision of the base model because it feels like, oh, better battery. And that's cool. I like better battery. Don't get me wrong. This thing's got kind of a short battery, but like that's that should be more than that. So I've owned like five Nintendo 3DSs and they don't break. It's not like when I owned a bunch of Xbox 360s because the system kept breaking. They all work, but somehow I keep buying them. And I kept trading them in before I did Nintendo's weird swap thing because once again, hey, Nintendo, could I have purchases tied to my account? No, we don't do that. Well, what do you do? Well, you got to have both systems together and you got to hook them up and you got to make them communicate with each other and then you transfer ownership and then you can get rid of the other system. Well, what if my other system gets stolen? Ah, you screwed. Sorry, buy the games again at full price because we're never going to put them on sale. And you're just like, what are you doing? And yet (laughs) I still did it. I still bought a bajillion 3DSs. I still have one under a bed somewhere in there. And every time I go to the store and I look at the new model of 3DS because they put a different case around it every couple of months, I go, that's a way better looking 3DS. They're a little like Apple this way. They, They drive people to pay for things they really don't need to or shouldn't or you know it's that kind of thing they're they're very good at that uh, or at least they are often good at that they're good at it at the moment again and they were good at it before the wii u and they'll they'll be good, probably bad at it again at some point and good at it again after that but i really like these guys and i love this device and i want one but i don't want the base model again in fact this actually helps me like all this negative nilly here this this confirms which one i'm interested in for this 
next little run and how I can pass my other one to the kids. You're going to get Switch Lite. Oh, yeah, totally. Like, without a, without an estimate. I play portable all the time. That's all I do. My only down, my only thing I'm complaining about, or I feel like complaining about, is that I do like to stream from it, and I won't be able to do that with the light. Will there be right graphical away. fidelity adjustments if it's a screen-only device? No, like the games I mean, run only in 48, 480p or something. Because oh, I see what you're saying. 720. So normally it's the smaller, other. It might look a little better, actually. Yeah, it depends. That's usually the the case. It'll usually, no matter what, look better on the small handheld. But okay. also, it takes more to pump it to the TV than it does to the screen but sure, sometimes yeah, the screen sure. is a higher resolution of the game so you might there's be more pixels in a screen than in the little screen you have yeah i forget what the pixel resolution is on this thing in portable mode but i want to say it's easier to play the less 1080. pixel you have the less information you've got to send to the input device. right so. but you can also have a a bigger resolution on a handheld than you do on a tv screen I don't know how it works. I'm, I'm talking. Oh, the dot, the dots per like pixels per inch. Yeah, you pixels mean per inch stuff. Like 1080p uh, versus 4K versus whatever. You know. I mean, yeah, I, don't, I have never used one firsthand. Is it really intense? Like the iPhones do that, right? Like they're super small screens, but they have an intense amount of pixels. Right. So your phone, your phone, a lot of people's phones are higher resolution. Well, straight up are higher resolution than their TVs at home. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But they're not so spread out. But then, so I'm just wondering if it's like. If it does do like the text, oh, you're on a TV. We use um, uh, higher texture, higher resolution textures on surfaces. Versus if it's on the screen, it might use the little screen. It might use lower res textures. I don't know if that's if not anyth- that it's on the screen, but that it's on the light. Right. right. If anything, it's on the light. Or- if, if anything, it's on. It's less that on the screen. Like the screen could handle mm. more than the TV would. That's how it's mm. been in the past. So, but usually, from my understanding, it's resolution. So you can run. Uh, this is I'm using it as an example purely. I don't actually know what the resolution is, but let's say uh, Zelda: uh, Breath of the Wild runs at a higher resolution on the handheld than it does on the TV. Okay. I don't know why that is, because in theory, the TV and the handheld are sharing the same resolution, but they don't. They're not going at the same time either. That's not a thing it does. It shuts one down and moves to the TV. I don't know. It's kind of complicated. I mean, they don't. They're never going to do 4K. I know that. A lot of stuff you're playing is like 720p. Um, it's it's on par with like an Xbox 360, PS3 era kind of what it can output. Um, I'm just wondering for the light which you get for yourself, it'll be it's the exact same specs as a Switch. It just doesn't plug into the TV. Yeah, that's the it, only it, difference. I, I sort of assume there's like a reduced processing power, but I didn't look at the specifications. No, same exact processor, no difference. So that same that doesn't GT, change everything. Yeah. Oh, okay, then everything should be. The so same. it will it will play it's the almost, exact same. Why would they even well. make that? <laughs> well, I mean, they're doing it. <laughs> I, they're doing it for a couple of reasons. I think the main reason I, I, is I think they have data, and I think it's good data that people use it mostly in handheld mode and that a less expensive model for those who either haven't pulled the trigger yet or really truly want to lean into the portability of it are all ready to spend their money if they put out something like this. Um, I think it's also an easier way for them to put the 3DS in the coffin officially because at this point this will, you know, this will be your portable game device. You really don't, you know, 3DS can yeah, have okay. a, yeah, yeah. it's been a great time, 3DS, thanks for being here, but we don't need you anymore kind of thing. Um, and oh, yeah, that all makes sense. Yeah, I was, I was, yeah. Because it, it seems very product adjacent, right? Like it's the Switch, but 
It doesn't plug into a TV. That's it. That's the only difference. Yeah, it's, it's a only switch, difference. but it does and you can't less. take the controllers off. The controllers are permanently attached to it. Correct. That stuff's all built so, into it. There are reasons for it, but they're just not obvious reasons. Like if Correct. I didn't know any better, I'd just be like, they're making the same thing, but less good. Kind of less features. <laughs> <Yep>. Yeah, <laughs> less features. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, less so, features. Like that's what I mean. Like so, why wouldn't I? And so, what am I paying the extra two hundred dollars for? You know, like but that's just... the funny thing is the the end result hasn't been uh, for me as somebody who's wanted to switch but can't take the plunge or just hasn't taken the plunge financially. Uh, I look at it and now instead of saying, "Oh, finally a, a solution for me, a switch light," great. Now I'm looking at it and I'm going, "Well, shit, I want both now." <laughs> and so, now it's now it's actually gone up in price by several hundred dollars because now I'm like, "Well, I, I need the normal switch because what if I want to dock it and undock it and have it on the TV? And what if I need those stupid Joy Cons for something? And what if I want to go on top of a roof with a bunch of attractive people I don't know and unhook the Joy Cons <laughs> and hand it to them and play Mario Kart? It might happen. Yeah. And then I think about it and I'm a, like, you might want a courtesy one to put in the bathroom." Right, right, but right. that's the thing is, I think, well, wait, no, I also am a human being and I poop and I gotta go in there and I don't want to have to attach the Joy Cons. And what if those Joy Cons decide to break right as I'm turning over the toilet and then poof, there goes my investment? You know what? I need a mobile version too. Yeah, better get better get both. Yeah. Really, the only reasonable. You need, decision no, you just need a dongle for the the courtesy one, the courtesy switch well but there's <laughs> like, no so that, you know how like you attach it yeah so like like the wrist so strap far. from the wii u <laughs> so like wii? so wii take your like it's like your toilet paper thing except the toilet paper thing is like a holder for the switch and it stays in the bathroom it's a courtesy switch so yeah. when guests come over they're using the facilities they can sit down they can play the switch for a bit but it doesn't go far enough so that it can fall into the toilet hole <laughs> And they have to put it back and then go wash their hands. Yeah, I'm never For doing this. For some reason, I'm picturing someone sitting there playing, and when they're done, just crumpling it up like newspaper and throwing it in the trash and being like, oh, that's a good no, time. No, no, don't do that. It's not toilet paper. Yeah, that's a to switch. Don't throw my switch away. So here's someone in the chat said, uh, I think it has a different processor, says Abandoned Cause. Incorrect. It is exactly the same processor. There's no change there. You're not getting any boost from that. So, Bo, who, here's who this is not for. It's not for people who already have a switch. That's not who they're aiming for, although there'll be plenty of okay. outliers like me. They're who trying do. to get me. They're trying to get you, who hasn't picked one up yet. And they're trying to give people a faster, less expensive road to get to the games they also want to sell you, which are top-shelf, best-in-class Zelda, Mario experiences. Like they're, they, Nintendo still makes the games they make, oh, and they're still Link's the best. Adventure. Yeah, and I'm like sitting yeah. here thinking, like, I'm yeah, kind of okay that. with not having the Switch, I think, overall. And then I remember. And then you look at that cute little diorama looking game. Yep. And you hear it's coming out September, and you're getting all excited because that's also the month that the Switch Lite comes out. And Link's a little also, you can play The Witcher game. on it, too. Yeah, The Witcher's coming to it. <laughs> so, well, not only can you have cute adventures, but you can put babies in furnaces <laughs> on the Switch. <laughs> yeah. You can do that. You can have sex with witch ladies. Um, you can, uh, you can dress up in Yennefer's clothing and throw a baby in the furnace. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So all available on the Switch now. All on the all on the family friendly Switch. That's absolutely right. <laughs> um, all right. Before we move on, uh, Bo, you think it, I think you put this in here. A guy made uh, a calculator in City Skylines that is powered by human poop. You need to explain that to me. Yep, I don't fully understand how it was, but I'll give you what I got from right. the article, which I found interesting, is that 
you he built a city using the existing infrastructure for human facilities, which included sewage, to build a calculator out of it. Like, so basically, you use one part of the city to put four bits worth of a number in it, and then you take another part of the city and put four bits in there using power stations, and then you use the sewage system to create AND and NOT functions. Oh my gosh. And then it will return a result by adding the two numbers together in the form of a four-bit return involving power outages and poo consumption. <laughs> so basically, you can flood a power station, and a flooded power station doesn't generate power, which eventually no power can mean not in terms of on and off for bits. Right. It's like an, oh, one or zero, basically. Yeah. So yeah. They lit- he literally built the city for the purpose of building a calculator right. and you look I, at the pictures of it in the map and it's it's hilarious <laughs> I, I have two thoughts on this uh the first is this is possibly the most bow news story <laughs> oh, i have ever it seen it was like pc gamer and it had the word poo in it and i was like click immediately <laughs> this is they got me this is so 100 percent up bow's alley it's ridiculous yeah. and two uh just a question math has it gone too far <laughs> <laughs> and then finally, we can get the true villain here is math. That always has been. It always is the villain. There's a thing in math called imaginary numbers that I still don't know what it means. I don't either. I don't get that. Imaginary. I think it's an actual concept. I'm not know if it's theoretical or real or whatever, but like my brain checks out at the concept of imaginary. Numbers. Well, this reminds me. So this whole thing reminds me of somebody some years ago did a um, Minecraft level that was a 486 chip. It mimicked everything that an old uh, Intel 486 processor did. And it did it slowly, mind you. Like it wasn't, you know, lightning fast. Probably a lot like this, I'm guessing. The city thing is not computing at super fast speeds like an actual processor would. But it it recreated sort of all the on-off binary function of a processor and had it fully functioning. And even like cache levels of cash built into it and other stuff like it was crazy how people do that stuff i don't get it like who does this who's sitting around doing this i don't know people we need probably probably there's a a whole set of human beings out there that we desperately need they're important people we'll never understand how do we get them out of there where they're at making this and into a place (laughs) where we can use their knowledge how can we do that I i don't know okay I don't know how we do it. Because right now, stop playing Minecraft. Apparently, (laughs) right now this guy knows how to take sewage and turn off your plant and on again later. We got to figure out a way to focus that into something important. I don't know what it is. Yeah, but somehow someday Minecraft will develop a cure to cancer, and we'll all. I'm ready. Grateful for it. I'm ready. I used redstone. (laughs) They do use a lot of redstone, by the way. Tons of redstone. That's going to be the interview. You di- you discovered the cure for cancer. How'd you do it? Well, I used a lot of redstone. <laughs> I would have done it sooner, but a creeper blew up while I was working. Because redstone is like their wiring in that, right? Like it's the thing you can connect stuff with and have it react. It, it, yeah. it basically acts like a circuit. And um, it's really pretty genius if you think about it, what people do with this stuff. I'm ready for somebody to make a Mario level in Mario Maker that does this. Because it could do it. You want to make a string of things where Mario just runs by and a bunch of stuff reacts and does on and off functions and basically creates a calendar or a calculator? Totally can happen. 
or calendar or calendar you want sure why not i i I, somebody made a stairway to heaven the song and all i had to do was run mario from left all the way to right and the whole song played (laughs) like i don't know how they did that (laughs) it was crazy there's all sorts of stuff like that yeah that that game is nuts uh, so uh, yeah. while you were guys were talking, I decided to look up imaginary numbers on Wikipedia, Uh-oh. and uh, I need to lie down. Oh my gosh, Sorry, really? Though. Is it scary? It's or? so it's so infuriating. Can I read it? Yeah, read it. Want, read, give you, us the summary. It'll there. be a bit long, but let me read it. Right. Should I do it? In a, <clears throat> no, hold on. Let me give accent. you this. This isn't exactly Dear Martha. But let's do it. All right, read it. An imaginary number is a complex number that can be written as a real number multiplied by the imaginary unit i, which is defined by its property i squared equals negative 1. The square of an imagined number by is negative b squared. For example, 5i is an imaginary number and its square is negative 25. Zero is considered to be both real and imaginary. <laughs> And I'm like, what? Hey, what? <laughs> and look, it even goes further. Some authors use the term pure imaginary number to denote what is called here an imaginary number, and then imaginary number in italics to denote any complex number with a non zero imaginary part. And I'm like, I love what that. does that mean? <laughs> Yeah. I love that we reached a world where math people crossed their arms and were like, it's an imaginary number. And like they created their own little society, and then even that society split, and there were people that were like, "Your numbers aren't imaginary enough, man. Your numbers no, no, are imaginary that- numbers. <laughs> My numbers are real imaginary numbers. You just have imaginary." Numbers. So it even it, it, it addresses that here. It was originally coined by Rene Descartes, which I've heard of before from math class. Yeah. It was derogatory uh, and regarded as fict- for numbers regarded as fictitious or useless. But then the concept gained popularity and became a thing oh in, in later years by mathematicians well, f- like actual mm. math like not computer programming math but like math people who use chalkboards to do math are freaks yeah i thought you were going to say They're- something else but yes because you said well, the, the way you said it was sounds like it was it sounded like uh like ricky or somebody was about to tell me yeah that <laughs> math guys who do stuff on chalkboards they are freaks freaks and you almost i swear i felt an f-bomb coming but it didn't happen no no they're freaks like it's just emphasis on the f like that's crazy sauce yeah i agree dude this is not my realm like i got off the i used to be really into math in high school and then it started getting weird and i went on the off ramp (laughs) i was like (laughs) i'm driving off this i don't like it anymore oh we have gone too far (laughs) yeah you're like um who does that remind me of? Oh, it remind, you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of uh, Ibbett. His dad is like some surgeon cancer genius guy uh, who solves all sorts of stuff, does surgeries. I don't know what his exact focus is, but apparently he's a big like deal. Like a doctor. Yeah, like a, but like a, like a high... <laughs> like, <laughs> like a highfalutin doctor, not some family practitioner. <laughs> cancer genius. Yeah, like a guy, a guy, the kind of guy that you'd name like a wing of your hospital after. Big deal kind of guy, right? Right, right. He's a, you know, a full-on doctor. Yeah, like he's, he's very accredited, high-end, makes tons of money, blah, blah, blah. Uh, he... A renowned doctor. I think, I think one time, Ibit, I think you told me this. 
I hope I'm not making this up in the <laughs> but he, That's his official title, Surgeon Cancer Genius. <laughs> <laughs> he's on NBC, expert giving expert like opinion. He's about to sell his own brand of bathwater. Exactly. But he goes, he Brian, I think, tried to poke his head in there. And like you were saying about math, it's like he got on that highway and took an off ramp because it got weird. He didn't like it either yeah. for the same reasons. Yeah. He gets, like, you think you like math and they do shit like imaginary numbers and you're like, I'm out. What? I'm out. Yeah. Yep. I'm out. I'm leaving. I get it. Totally get it. All right. Well, go check that on PC Magazine if you want to read more about it because that's a weird story. And we like to have weird stories here on the show. Let's talk about our games that we're playing this week. Like I said, I've been playing a little Gloomhaven. I think it's way too early to say whether people should spend money on that or not. I think I actually, I'm going to just straight up say it. Unless you are completely devoted to that board game that tabletop experience and you want uh, to be there on the ground floor and be there for the entire construction of this thing, then, then wait. If you're that guy I described though, go for it because it's there for you. And it's only 24 bucks. I've been playing more Mario maker. Excuse me. Made a bunch of levels. I've been playing other people's levels. Uh, that's what you do in Mario maker. So I've been doing that. And like I said, Heroes of the Storm has taken up all my other gaming time. Just been uh, back in, all in. I did like that. You described exactly what Mario Maker was. This yeah. is what you were doing it. Look, sometimes I'm playing other people's levels. Sometimes I'm making my own. Yeah, that's Mario, the entire Mario Maker. Mario Maker 2. Catch it. That's the entire game. Well, there's some single player, but it's very little compared to the rest of it. That game is crazy cool, and people are doing some wackadoo stuff. And I love finding creators that I can follow and love their stuff, and it's just great. So, anyway... That game's great. Uh, John, it's all Hello. Final Fantasy all the time for John. Pretty much. I got to level 50. I am up to doing my first raid or two, uh, kind of closing out the initial story from the first game. And I am all in. That game really picks up steam near the end. The story gets really interesting. I have now started branching off into trying different jobs. So I hit level 50 as a dragoon and then went and did a quest and now i'm a level 50 red mage as well and i can swap between the two of those whenever i want and i'm like a level five archer oh Uh, can you be as many things as you want yeah one character can be whatever jobs you want and it's really neat because each job has a unique weapon assigned to it so all you have to do to switch jobs is just equip the weapon and then rip just switches you over to that job uh, and you're good to go and you get all the mechanics that come with it. And, uh, some of them you have to level up like red mage started at level 50, but the, uh, the archer class is starting at level one for me, but mm-hmm. it's really neat. And, uh, I did one raid where it was just one boss encounter. There was no trash or anything like that. Oh, so your really favorite. Hard to say how I felt about that, <laughs> except I loved it because there was no trash. Yeah. Um, and it took 10 seconds and then it was over <laughs> and I, okay. So I, I do have one little complaint. Okay. This game does one thing that's really weird. So they've put cutscenes, kind of like what star Wars, the old Republic did uh-huh. in their dungeons and raids. Okay. And you can opt to skip it. But if somebody isn't skipping it, the party just has to wait for the person who's watching it. Oh. And it's not voiced or anything, so it's people clicking through and reading. And so I have learned the hard way, although people were very nice about Actually, nobody said anything. I found this out on an outside source um, that 
typically what you do to be polite for when a lot of people are waiting for you is you skip the cutscene, and then inside ends there is a little book that will let you review any cutscene. Oh, that's as if cool. You're right back in there. Yeah. Uh, without other people waiting. But in my opinion, just put that stuff before or after the actual thing. But I don't know. <laughs> it uh, is a weird thing. It's not voice. It's, None of that's just it's just text and words. Some of it's voiced, and then all of a sudden it's just jarring. Because it, that's the other thing is you look at it, and it's very Final Fantasy. It's very anime. Yeah. But all the characters have really like thick British accents. Because like, I guess they were like, it's fantasy. It's British. Yeah. So like you watch this little like anime girl like girl and guy come walking up to you and you're like, oh, who are these people going to be? And you're expecting Scott, what you feel is typical anime voice acting. We'll say. And then all of a sudden he's like, good day, lady. We must go. And you're like, oh, this isn't at all what I expected to come out of out of you nobody goes uh-huh. um, nobody says uh-huh, all the time does that happen there's a lot of people saying we needs must in what? that game what and it, it kind of defeat the emperor yes there's a ton of we needs must and it it kind of makes my neck twinge a little bit every time <laughs> i hear it they're like we needs must gather more forces before we move forward and you're like we needs must i guess we so excited it's just uh, that feels like they screwed up in the in the translation department a little bit i'm sure it's fine yeah. i like i think it might be an authentic phrase like but i don't know yeah uh but anyway that, that game's great i'm having a lot of fun well with it. well done final fantasy you continue to be all the talk right now in the mmo circles everybody's talking about it for good or for ill um Bo, heroes what else what else you got Heroes, Magic, The Gathering, and uh, Rocksmith 2014. What? I've been been practicing guitar. It's not really a game. I mean, I put it on here because it's in Steam, and it's listed as a game, and there's points and unlocks, and it has all the game systems, but it's really a guitar practicing tool, so... Do you find that that's... uh, I mean, you you know real guitar and have for years and all of that. So when you play it, it, it feels like you're actually... So the way the system works is it has a dynamic learning tool. So you can take any song you like, and it'll only give you about 10% of the notes hit. Like, And if you can't handle that, it won't crank up the difficulty. So you can know barely next to anything and still rock out to your favorite song. Uh, um, when you know how to play a guitar, perf- uh, play a song perfectly, it's still just fun to play the song because the song plays along with you as you play. You do get feedback on... If there's a solo, you know, I can never get solos perfect. So I was kind of like seeing it to see, you know, just the practice improving it. And uh, I get a lot of value out of it just for practicing anyways. So um, I used to do it uh, every day for a couple hours, like five days a week. I had it in my schedule back when I did a full-time job. And um, I haven't touched it in a couple of years. And I just find that I need to practice. And it's a nice practice tool. And there's a, they're still releasing DLC for it. As like there's 2019 songs that are coming out like 2014 is a definitive edition mm-hmm. so if you want to learn guitar and are willing to do you know commit to one hour a day three to five days a week you will learn to play guitar using that thing that's awesome you will it is like i mean i wish it was around when i started to play guitar well here's you uh here's a little bit of bow 
Very nice. That's the beginning of the Invincible intro from World of Warcraft. Mm-hmm. The, game, the game that John has turned his back on. <laughs> Don't say that. There's already <laughs> enough talk of that. Yeah, it Got happens. Got a review for the WoW show the other day. One of the hosts doesn't even play this game Oh, anymore. I definitely get those. I get those once in a while because it'd be like, I'll, I'll just make one comment about ESO. Like, oh yeah, I've been playing ESO again. Traitor! Like, they just start freaking out. <laughs> We must, or we needs must kill you. <laughs> we needs must. We needs must unsubscribe. <laughs> gets gets thou to the unsubscribe station. I uh, love it. All right. Uh, we're going to do an email. Do I have a thing for that? Yeah, I do. Remember? That's a yeah. good question. There you go. Finally played it. I finally remembered to do it. That felt right. Yeah, it, it did. It was a long time to get there, but that felt right. It did. All right, I just uh, want to clarify a question. Wicked Kitten asked, does it does, does it does base, does it needs must base two in Rocksmith? Yes. <laughs> you can profile yourself to be bass player, rhythm guitar, or lead guitar. Oh. Three different. Yeah. That's great. But no other instruments. That's just guitar stuff, right? Mm, it has singing. You can plug your mic in and it'll give you a tuner, like a lot of those like Twitch sings and stuff that tells you if you're off pitch and mm. stuff. So it does singing. And uh, I don't know. I haven't checked for drums if that was added in or not. Have either of you tried that Twitch Sings thing? Yeah. No, because I can't sing. I can't either. But that was the I reason. I tried it. Yeah? What do you think? It's, I mean, these these have existed before. Like, um, I want to say Rock Band, I think, had an audio thing where it just matches your uh, tone to where you're singing. Like, yeah. If it's you know if you're singing an A yeah. and it's B, it'll go like, but except Twitch Sings doesn't do that because it's just about the memes. Right. It's pretty stupid. When I <laughs> got in there, it was all Disney songs yeah. and Garth Brooks tracks. Oh, really? Yeah. And I'm like, I don't want to sing any of this shit. Yeah. <laughs> like, that goes together like Disney songs and Garth Brooks. Yeah. I don't know what the song listing is like now. Also, yeah, there's just so some weirdness to it because Twitch like doesn't. Okay, so I got the affiliate thing where it's like. Um, what are they letting affiliates do? Private subs only. Oh, streams. sub only streams, yeah. And they're like, "Yo, Bo, we got subs only streams, and as an affiliate, you can use it. Except you've got a violation on your account." And I'm like, "Why? Because I play YouTube videos and sing along with them at the start for the first five or ten minutes. Uh, That's probably the violation." Yeah. And I'm like, "What is? So why would I go ahead and do Twitch things? Like, it's, like I just don't see that." Yeah. Why anyone would want to use take that use that seriously on their streams in the first place. I watched Kyle and Kristen do it one night, and Kristen has a good singing voice. She can sing. Yeah. Kyle, yeah. on the other hand. Just kidding, Kyle. You're great. We love you. Uh, <laughs> all right. Here's your email. This is an email from Jimmy, who went to the website at core. Sorry, frogpants.com slash core and left a message there. You can also leave us voicemails. We'll get to one of those in a second. 801-471-0462. Jimmy says, hey, Scott, Bo, and John, hearing you guys talk about a battle pass for Heroes of the Storm really got me thinking. Do you think that Blizzard did enough to save the game? Seeing as StarCraft II is still an eSport and Blizzard uh, even made a war chest to mitigate the losses, what uh, would you have liked war chest type things? Or, sorry, what you have liked, uh, would, you, would you have liked a war chest type thing for Heroes or maybe a battle pass would have been a better idea? Longtime listener, love the show. Thanks, Jimmy. Here's the problem. I don't think that war chest thing worked out, did it? I don't hear anything about that anymore. That was like 2015. Is that still a thing? Yeah, but nobody was really talking about freaking StarCraft 2 at the time either. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't like it launched into the roaring popularity of StarCraft 2 and set the world on fire. It 
launched into a moderately popular with the people who already liked it starcraft 2 and they got something out of it or they didn't right and their current i, I just their current esports thing is not a blizzard official thing anyway is it i think it's a isn't it some other league that does it do i, I have, mean it was for a while at the time that it came out i don't remember but i i think my take on what jimmy's asking here i think that this isn't what killed heroes i think heroes nothing killed heroes first First of all all, it's not dead yeah but second of all the thing that put it in the state that it is is death by a thousand cuts there's a lot of things that happened i don't think there's any one thing that was the thing but i think a thing that came up a lot of times in the story of heroes of the storm is wrong time bad timing the initial launch of the game was too late they waited too long the 2.0 was a great idea and it happened at a point right when people were just starting to turn on loot boxes <laughs> and currencies and things like that if that had been in the game from the get-go and by the time we got to 2.0 that was okay well we're gonna we're gonna switch it around and we're gonna do something else probably would have been a different story but instead they put in loot boxes and I think the bigger mistake was they put in a bunch of currencies that made it seem like a mobile game. Um, And it just, it wasn't month later. People were like, Oh, it's just this weird free to play business. I don't like it. And it's kind of just always been that story. They went to BlizzCon. We're going to do all this stuff. Look at all this cool stuff that's coming. And then Blizzard kicks the, the the legs right out from under them with these cuts and stuff like that. Yeah, it's like it's okay. We're gonna we're gonna get up. We're gonna dust ourselves off. We're gonna do this again. And then immediately after that, oh, we're ending HGC. You know, like it's just been bad timing across the board. And so I think that they did try. I just don't know if anything in there would have actually been enough to save it because I just think they were always slightly off on their timing and their trends. You know, that's that is no question. I mean, Bo and I were talking the other night that they could have a resurgence. They could see um, a long tail to this in the way that, say, uh, Warframe or something else, you know, finds great success deep into its development. Like all of these things are possible. It could really go places. And right now, like I keep saying, it's more fun than I've had in a long time, and it's easy to get into games, and it's just in a really good, it's in great shape right now. But if things were still active, and had they not just kind of had poor timing with 2.0 and loot boxes and the multiple currencies and all of that, I could see a battle pass working for Heroes of the Storm. At this stage, will they do one? I don't know. Maybe. It depends on the, there's a big sea change happening at Blizzard right now. Yeah, and I think there's new new products coming down the line. There's a they have a ton of esports going on all at the same time. So I don't know if it, they just have to have a will to want to continue developing the game regardless of how it does in the public sphere. All right. Like if it says we have this small audience and we want to do everything I can, we enjoy it, and those players who play it often will make the changes to the game that they want, like 10% move speed increase. Uh, you know, there's no more pros now that can come around and, and crap on, you know, things and say it's unbalanced and give them fits trying to please everybody. Right. They can just make a cool game if they they have to have the will for it. It's not just going to happen. Right. So we'll see. Yeah. Just, they have an opportunity, I think. And then that's how these games, they, they grow in stature and reputation as they, they go on. There's an opportunity. I just don't know if it's in the cards. Right. I but agree. I think we get a battle pass in Diablo 4. Uh, you're probably right. 
something like it. I think it, I my prediction tinfoil hat, Illuminati. Yeah. Oh, I've already done this Hold one. On, I'm trying to find. Did it. they do this one? I don't know. Hold on. Diablo Four free to play. Diablo Four free to play battle pass. You heard it here battle first. Battle pass and cosmetics for sale and community created cosmetics that you can custom armors you can make in the game. Damn. Oh, and uh, we're gonna get rid of loot boxes. Loot? No, no loot. Wait, what? Hold on. That is insane that is insane they don't get rid of there'll be, they'll be drops but they won't be uh, piles of you guys say this is okay so ugh, all right heroes <laughs> refines mobas by getting rid of all the trashy activities in yeah. mobas right yeah mm-hmm. you're gonna argue there's, that that's trashy there activity. isn't anything more frustrating and stupid than picking up five thousand whites uh, blues and yellows for no reason in diablo like if and the proof is Nephilim Rifts. I will run a greater Nephilim Rift and not get a single drop except at the end when I get something useful, which is a lot like Warframe, by the way. Yeah. And so if I get a piece of crafting item that I can use to eventually maybe craft a random item or something like that, they need to make Diablo like, we realize you think Diablo is X, but we're making Z. And, you know, I'm sure they'll get raked over the coals. It's Blizzard. Somebody's always got something bad to say about their games all the time. Uh, but I think it's they need to get rid of. Okay, uh, you know what? I'm, now that I've heard you explain it, I'm going to tentatively agree a little bit with what you're saying. In Endgame, it's stupid to have a million blues and whites to pick up and yellows. It's dumb because none right. of them are going to be an upgrade. The only thing they're good for is burning and, them and, into. In the main game, it's stupid too. Well, oh, fair enough, but because I make everything at the crafters, like, I think I just think drops is happy. I right, but the, the stuff that just... the, the idea is, and again, it's it's by design. When that stuff drops, you take it back and you turn it into crafting material instead of the weapons that they are. You you burn them into this crafting material. If what you're saying is like, if I went out on a on any kind of run in Diablo, and what exploded and blew out of chests and dead bodies was all gold and crafting materials and gems, that'd be great. Because yeah. I don't need all the blues and the yellows and the whites. You're right, and I do want that. I do want a legendary here and there. I want a epic legend or a ancient legendary, whatever they're called. I want those here and there, but I don't need a fountain of blues. I think Path maybe of Exile I'm, also foregoes it as well because there's no currency in that game, right? And the stuff you get from picking everything up and hauling it back is a pittance. I've watched people stream it. You leave everything on the ground. You hover over it to see what the links and combos are. If it's junk, you know, if it's a if it's a legendary drop, pick it up. If it's saleable, pick it up. Otherwise, just leave it. It's a waste of your time to do it. And I'm like, that's the direction Diablo needs to go. If they this do, is the, they this just... This is the funny thing about Bo. He, he throws out an idea that is absolutely the most atrocious, ridiculous, <laughs> awful, yeah. horrendous, horrific abysmal idea that i've ever heard uh-huh. and then you say oh okay explain it a little bit and then he starts to get you and you get extra piss because you know where that argument started and you're like he shouldn't have a point he should have no point no <laughs> one should say something as wrong and incorrect as him and have any level of a point whatsoever yeah but he does but i will say we've all very quickly forgotten that Bo didn't say we need to change up how loot works. He said there should be no loot, and that is still a wrong statement. <laughs> oh, I'm getting lawyered. Objection! <laughs> Here's the thing, fair, though. Fair, like, it fair. still needs to explode. Gold and parts and pieces still need to explode, and I need to be able to just run over there, there, them and have them suck up like a vacuum. 
I still need that feeling. What you need are body parts and blood and visceral action. Maybe. And you'll get no, your dopamine No, but I need the hits. lights, too. I like the lights, the glittery lights. Oh, yeah, yeah. You'll, be, you'll still be going in there and hitting lights and hitting things and having... Like, I think the thing they did right with Diablo is making it so... The ability is so cool. Mm-hmm. I mean, Diablo 2... Heads up, guys. It's trash compared to Diablo 3. All you people like Diablo 2, it's super boring <laughs> to use one ability. Diablo 3 is a laser light show. Yeah. It's an improvement on the formula. I'm sorry to break it to everybody. I mean, I here. agree. I just wouldn't say it out loud because I don't want to be murdered in the street. But you're right. Oh I agree gosh, with you. Oh, my gosh, you guys. It's so nice to be on a show where I'm not the one saying <laughs> It's going to get the angry emails. Look, I like Diablo 2. It deserves a place in history. It's groundbreaking and amazing. Yeah, I but agree. But to sit there and say that Diablo 3 did not, like, has no redeeming value is like just wrong. No, people who say that, is, they're up in the night. I don't care who they Diablo are. Diablo 3 is a pleasure to play and i look forward to them iterating on that further and making it even greater laser light show of insanity so yeah yeah. if they keep doing that i just want lots of gold on the ground so the numbers look crazy i love that i love it need numbers path of exile what are you doing no damage numbers oh yeah see what's the deal there why are they doing that it's a it's basically one of the deal breakers for that game they're just none they're just none that's just it that's the policy I mean, Sidian says D3 strength is how it plays, not remotely in its character or item systems. Uh, I disagree. I, I think the characters could use less abilities, and they could have done more interesting things for sure, but everything looks cool as shit. I love how like, that game plays. Uh, seven-sided strike and yeah. dash and, and whirlwind. Like, everything looks amazing. Like, I mean, the itemiza- laser, the graphics are like, like it's you, good. You would agree with him on the itemization stuff because you've already said as much. Well, it, items have sucked since day one in that game. Right. They're like, they're not, it's not interesting. Right. Well, they, the decisions you have to make are not that interesting. I would say even on legendaries, it's pretty prescriptive, right? You use monk items on the monk yeah. or the item is changed for you rather than just make a system where items are just items and you decide how to mix and match right. and any class can use any item. Right. It's that it's that wow problem too. It has that wow problem of like we got rid of sets because sets just mean you, you have to have set pieces, mm-hmm. and there's right. not an interesting. You don't you're not doing the science. The fun part of an action RPG is like I've got 15 items. I can only wear eight. What science am I making with all the ability? Like that's that's a really fun aspect of the game, and um, they need to lean into that more and not worry. I think they really worried about making a balanced game because it was online and there'd be an auction house yeah. and hopefully they just throw that out and be like, whatever, break the game. Yeah. Break yeah, it. Yeah. Item items in legendaries, they seem cool, but really they're just mostly a means to an end. Mm-hmm. Like I got this item in the service of putting together a build that I want in theory, a way that I want to break the game that makes my character OP and feel great. It's not that I care about the item. It's that I need to complete these weird little puzzle pieces to create this overall hole that I'm ultimately it, But Blitzer's already made, solved that. Like, if you are, like, doing an exploding palm build, you know what items you need to get, right? Right, yeah. It's Blizzard already sort of anticipated a lot of the builds rather than just throw a pile of random items out there. Maybe you figured out um, a cool combination that works for you and that's kind of what's missing it's can, like net decking basically can i can i make a confession a diablo confession that's kind of embarrassing but i think i'm okay saying it now sure no, go for it All it's right. a safe place in diablo 2 i played one and i played two 
and I played the hell out of three. Uh, in two, for the longest time, I thought every item that dropped in the game, including every white, blue, purple, whatever, legendary, all of it, uh, I thought they were being generated on the fly. And I don't just mean the numbers and stats, because that's true. Um, when something drops, it may have a higher whatever. It's got other attributes. Like that stuff's being applied in a kind of a random way, an RNG kind of way. But I thought the names of the item, the way it looked, was more like the guns in um, Borderlands, where it was just random names. Random like soup. Pulled it from a word dictionary. Like I really did. Get, like, and I cannot get- tell you how sad I was when I finally was told or I found out or I don't know what it was back in 2001, somebody pointed out to me, it's like, no, these are all preset names. You're just getting statistical differences on them and they're not... Right. Of the other... If it has a dexterity mod, it's of the eagle. If it has a strength mod, it's of the bear. Right. Like, you you know, like, it's not random that it's of the toilet. Like, oh, the word dictionary (laughs) pulled the toilet out, which would be something people should do. Right. We should do this stuff. Like, I agree, yeah, yeah. but it, but it was like this this sudden realization that oh, there's a finite number, but in my fantasy head, it was like it's it never ends. Just like the levels right. themselves, they're random every time. You'll never play a dungeon the same layout ever. Same with the weapon. No, it's not true. There's just Tiles. so many weapon tile. Yeah, like, I think uh, there was a time where I believed that as well. I yeah. thought it was random every. I don't feel bad then. I mean, they want you to feel that way, certainly. Yeah, um, I think there's a point where there's diminishing returns. If everything's pure random, then what they make is garbage. Yeah, that's like you go, true. You go in there and you get a sword with armor on it. <laughs> so yeah. you're like, oh shit, you know, like they have. I think they have to put fences in smart places. But what <laughs> it's I my favorite Diablo, country song, by the way, my favorite '90s country song is "They Like to Put Fences in." They like to put <laughs> fences in smart places. <laughs> All along the item drop table. Canadian country is not what I thought it was, but it's different. It's it's new. Very strange. Um, Yeah. So uh, I don't know. I like. I just. I think for the meaningful endgame stuff, but also the progression. I just think there's a lot of fodder in Diablo, Mm. and I. I just think we're. I think they're struggling with it internally, which is why we heard about one version that got canned. I think they do. They do need to take risks. And for a company like Blizzard, that's a hard thing because everything that makes it to market is always a success in some capacity. So I definitely understand that they're struggling with it. I'm I'm still convinced that um, Heroes is more popular than anyone thinks. It's just not popular enough for Blizzard to give it the metric of popular enough to give it its own esports still and to I mean, give they it had a sport. record year and a year they did layoffs so they're thinking on a whole different different plane level of existence yep. and it's so it's hard like as us as gamers it's very simple to us what we want what they should do but yeah i don't know i, I kind of had the thought today as we were starting the show so i was thinking about hearthstone like they, do they use unity for overwatch no it's their own engine it's just hearthstone i had yeah. this thought like hearthstone's got to have a limited shelf span what do you mean? Because like they're the... paying. They pay Unity. Like that money you pay for packs, that money goes to Unity. Well, if you, I was thinking about Epic, and I'm just like, if you license out, uh, set it to... but Blizzard has their own engines for their games, like normally. Yeah. Well, the reason they went That's with the... money, they're not keeping. But my for, understanding for is they went with Unity because it was so easily easy to port to mobile. Because right, and they didn't know mobile. if it was going to be a hit or just like a turd. 
Like it's right. Doing, we're, we're taking on Magic the Gathering. Like, <laughs> like the fact that they succeeded, uh, we could look at it and say it's obvious, but I'm sure to them it was not because they're fans of Magic and they also know why that what makes that game great. And that's a an incumbent fan base that will not necessarily accept a product in that genre. Uh, so I can see them in making it a low investment kind of deal right we have a right, cool well that but i also i mean it's got to be I, my thinking at some point they made a decision and said for us to license unity for this game which i don't think is actually that bad unity is pretty pretty friendly to, to devs but but anyway the price of of licensing unity in a continual uh, perpetual basis for that game has got to be cheaper than building your own engine from the ground up i, I would think for a company that usually does it, that's why i was wondering about overwatch because their normal situation is they don't pay that kind of license again. Well, right, but that's all. That was all Titan Tech. Uh, I just had a thought, like, oh, they would want to do a Hearthstone too, and it would be their own, their own crap. And right. I know that like, that I may think, be true. Yeah. Like, if they go for a full sequel, uh, yeah, I could see them doing that. But like, but look at them. They already bastardized their own stuff. Here's the storm based on StarCraft Two. Uh, Warcraft Three became World of Warcraft's engine. That engine is still tied in some ways to WC3, so... That's what I was wondering about what Overwatch, like, if that was the proprietary engine that, you know, was what Titan was being built on, and it was built on their own tech, and what isn't in that tech that still can be used for video games. Like, I'm just very curious. Yeah, I mean, I know... We that... know they were building a first-person shooter in the StarCraft universe. Right, right. I wonder so, what that's based on, or if it's new. Hmm. You know, they're not using Unreal. Uh, that's why I just wasn't sure if there was a there was a partner for Overwatch too because that would lend more credence to an Overwatch too if they released it maybe in a different engine or something. I mean, like back in the day, I would say eh, Blizzard probably doesn't care; they'll just do what they need to do to keep the game going. But in the world of modern Blizzard, where they go, you know, we don't need community managers, and then months later they go, we need community managers. Uh, who knows? <laughs> when who knows? some of those community <laughs> managers still don't have jobs from the last time they got laid off as a community manager. Gosh, dang it, <laughs> Right. There Hire may be those some people. calls that I wouldn't expect. So uh, I think, again, Bo has some credence there. That That's the kind of uh, penny-pinching I might see them actually do. Yeah, I guess so. I don't know. They're weird sometimes that way. Uh, here's a quick phone call. It's random. I don't know what it is. So 36 seconds of pure mystery. This could be the worst thing I ever click on. Okay, here goes. Okay. Let's see what it is. Hey, Scott. Hey, Bo. Hey, John. This is John calling, and I'm confirming that I was on the phone when I called last time. It was not in my lap. I had a gallon of, uh, what was it, gamer? I had a gallon of gamer girl water in my hand, actually, and, uh, yeah. I was on my Bluetooth, so my car has that feature. Uh, on another note, you guys love Metro, uh, Metroidvania games, and I'm super surprised none of you have tried Bloodstained Ritual, uh, the Bloodstained game, uh, and you should, because it's awesome. Hi. Okay. It's <laughs> a lot to unpack there. First of all, that Bloodstained yeah. game, uh, spiritual successor to uh, Symphony of the Night. People really seem to like it. It's on everything, and I've heard nothing but decent things about it. I'm not that big of a fan of a Metroidvania-style game, though. Um, I don't know where you heard that. I mean, some of us, maybe all of us are a little bit in some way or another. But, I, I am. Yeah. It, it is right up my alley. I don't know why I haven't picked it up. I, just, you, I, I don't have a lot of money at the moment, so it's just... Right. I don't know. You, you were talking about doing the, um, the replay of uh, 
Super Metroid. Oh, that's why, because I'm going to play Metroid on this. Oh, yeah, like, I think we all like Metroid. No, oh, I love Metroid. I mean, that's the thing, is there's certain games... I, I guess I'm just not that... A, a, a freaking over-the-top anime treatment of another Metroid <laughs> of another Castlevania game just sounds bad to me. Why, Scott? It's almost like you don't like anime. I do like anime. It just a depends. A theory that's been posited to you many times by me, which I remain, I think remains true to this day. You you think that it means I don't like any anime. The problem is I like very select anime. and I've learned, I think you like 1% of anime. I think I like 5% of anime. 5. <laughs> okay, well marginally marginally more <laughs> anime than you think i like but i i think okay so wait a minute so when you see castlevania do you think is it is it the anime or is it that you've got a lot of like that very fancy gothic style art because i also know scott you hate the prim and proper mm, yes let's go to fight the i do hate that like you that you hate that sort of thing i really do hate that sort of thing lots of frilly fruffly freaking stupid shirts and 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 uh tail coats and high top uh, you know shoes that are way too pointy and shit like that i'm just not into it when they're just quaffing around going yes if i'd only known what would be like f you just be normal and fight stuff like i don't need this my name is alicard yeah i hate that I'm going to welcome you into <laughs> Castlevania. It's so ridiculous. If it was <laughs> You're based like, on no, I want to be a lady bounty hunter in armor that shoots. Yeah, basically. If I want it, you know what I want? I want uh, the the Castlevania anime slash TV or the cartoon they made on Netflix. More of that. That's what I would play. I'd that, play that. I'm amazed you like that because that oh, I does have. I loved that. I loved that thing. But it, I, yes, it had some of it. But someone was always destroying whoever was doing it. Like it was well, always. I think why you like it is they gave you. So let me guess. I, I bet you don't like Alucard that much in that show, but you do like. Is it Trevor Belmont? Yes. Whoever the Belmont. It's is. the Trevor. Like I think him. Trevor or Bill or whatever. It is. I don't know what it is. <laughs> Bill Belmont. <laughs> I think I bet you like Bill because yeah. he's more of the just down in the muck. Like he's just swearing and he's gross and he's always drunk and he's always calling people dipshit. Yeah. And, he's you know, not he's some just... prancy vampire man who's, and I know they're not, the Belmonts aren't always vampires or they, you know, that's, that's not the main jam, but when they walk in just like with their best uh, freaking court clothes on, like F that just be gritty and cool and muddy and shitty. I liked Alec Card. He had a floating sword, like all cool characters do. Stanley. Stanley has one. <laughs> uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, that's a that's a thing. But to answer the part of his other call, we had just said his voice we sounded buried terrible. The, we buried the important part. Yeah, though. the lead is you've got, A, you don't really, he didn't have girl gamer juice. He was just saying that. But his... Uh, gamer water, please. Gamer water, sorry. You're... Uh, <laughs> Your what do you your what do you call it? Your Bluetooth headset phone car thing is bad. It's a bad one, is what I'm saying. It's not good. It sounds bad. Well, I think what it was is I think he was the guy I said, Were you driving when you called? Because as he was asking us the question, he did this movie. He was like, Got a question for the core guys. I wanted to know <laughs> what your <laughs> thoughts were and i was like he's driving while he's asking this question oh so, right i forgot we talked i think about that, that it was in response to that right he wasn't, he wasn't driving he was uh 
fondling he, his gamer water. Yeah, he had his water in good, his one hand. Good boy gamer bath water. Right. A good a good gallon. boy. So like nine hundred dollars worth of this stuff. Oh my right? gosh. You dude. only get a little bit. That's like nine hundred bucks. Has anyone bought that and reported back like actually purchased? Yeah, there's an article um, just, um I drank gamer Shut up. You're not supposed to drink it. They drink yeah, it. I mean, people are doing reaction videos, but there was like, uh, oh. I got a link here for uh, on Spectator USA. Is that a reputable American I've press organization? Never heard of it. I, don't know. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I found a YouTube channel with the guy who says he. Here, okay, hold on. Gonna... I just feel like YouTube channels reaction videos are not. But he like, drank. Hey, dudes, what's up? Before I drink this bath water, like, comment, and subscribe on my video. Well, hold on. He's yeah. gonna drink it. Let's see what he does. He sips it. He's gonna gag. He gagged. All right. So that's the point. Is he just gagged? Nice job, guy. He gagged. Yeah. Well, what did you expect? You're drinking bath water. Yeah. Not only bath water, but like, you know how um, you wash your hands in the bathroom, and actually some people don't even touch like handles and stuff because yeah. fecal matter is on them from touching. Yeah. Uh huh. <laughs> She's bathing. She might not take a shit in it, but there are fecal particles in the asshole that are now in the water. And you were drinking shit. Congratulations. I'm... You've made it to the end of core. We've got a very special program for you here in the later parts of the show. Like, I'm sure somebody could test the water and tell you how many parts per million of poo is in the water and pee. And God, God knows what else. Smegma. The reason like, you're supposed to get bathed is to get all that off of you, not to drink it later. Right? Yes, bathwater's not for drinking. Let's just be universally clear. Doesn't matter how many gamer girls you put in it, you're not supposed to drink it. Right. At all. I Even agree. if the number's zero, it's right. not drinkable water. I you go to a different place for that. I feel like I didn't need Bo's explicit description of why, but I still I think you really hammered it home. So nice job. Well, uh, listen, everyone within the sound of my voice, when you wash your hands when you use the bathroom. Yeah. For the exact same, it's common sense stuff. That's why we don't drink bath water. It's like rubbing your face on a public toilet. Yeah, I'll just say this. There. Well, <laughs> we can take the toilet seat and go. Oh, jeez. Like, like, there's no poo in it. I'm like, doesn't matter. Don't do that. Yeah, don't do it. Wicked Kitten says it's not real bath water. I thought it was determined that it was her bath water. How does she know? How do you know how that? Do, how does anybody know? Right. What How, does it matter if it's real bath water or not? It's like imagine, it's like numbers. Whether it's a real number or imaginary <laughs> number, it's still a number. Well, I, think so, I, I think I is, suddenly understand uh, invisible math or whatever the hell it's called. I think I do too now. Actually. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think I got it. We haven't considered the uh, gamer girl bath water principle of mathematics. <laughs> and I'm, you know, look, I don't want to shame anybody for their weird kink, but you know, if you're going to come, if you're going to blow, if you're going to blow bubbles in my toilet, warn me or something. <laughs> oh, my God. Wait, like, okay. I don't want to know. I mean, I do want to know. I've made a new breed of nightmare for Scott. I mean, look, we need we need people like Bo to ask the hard hitting questions like that. He's the like, first person. He's the first person I knew who ever posited the question. Wait a minute. If the Venom symbiote's all around Spider-Man, doesn't that mean it's also up his butt crack? <laughs> I don't remember yeah. that. That's great. And, and so there, there would be poo on the Venom symbiote. And then when the Venom... 
So here, Scott, listen to this. When, <laughs> no, when, when the Venom symbiote retracts, yeah, right? Yeah. It doesn't retract in the exact same place. No. Nope. So imagine a scenario where some of the symbiote's up my butt. Getting, yep. You know, it's getting a little greasy. I'm webbing around. Maybe a little poop fart comes out and it's dirty down there. Right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It retracts. Yeah. You know, and I do my Eddie Brock thing. And then I'm like, oh, shit, I need to recover. How do I know what part is on my mouth? Like, it's not necessarily the same part that's in the butt that's now in my mouth or in my nose. You it's know, a bad I'll, never, idea. I'll never think I'll never think of him the same. Not you. I mean, Sp- the character of Spider-Man Venom. separated from the Venom symbiote and, because it was worried the... it was taking him over. Right. Bo oh, would right. separate because he was worried that the butt part was now where his face would be. Well, but over the course of years, like, think about how, because you don't put it in the laundry. The symbiote just eventually will be completely covered in fecal matter. So I've been venom for two years. Different parts have been dabbed in my sweaty butthole for two years. Yeah. Eventually, it's getting in my mouth. <laughs> it's like, right? you know what it's like? It's like uh, mashed potatoes, and you put a little rat turd in the mashed potatoes. And for a moment, the rat turd is just up in the corner there and easily removable. But yeah. the but minute you, you turn the blender, on the blender, yeah, now it's everywhere, all through it. Yeah, Bo's right. You're right. If, well, if Venom... there's that scene in the Venom movie Thanks, where he uh, John... out with Venom. So, yeah. you know, that's a whole other thing. Oh, really? Uh, Thanks, oh. John, by the way, for reminding me of that. That's I'm, I'm glad I made that kind of impression. I can't. You. Look, I love Spider-Man. I think the symbiote is cool. I think Venom's great. And Bo has permanently put that thought in my head <laughs> every time because Spider-Man always wears the skin tight suit. So there he is wearing the Venom suit. Yeah. And I just see the butt and I'm like, well, it's up there. How yeah, many there's... parts per million of fecal matter are in the Venom symbiote? That's I don't I go, go that deep with the thought. I just am aware of its existence there, that there's a living organism hanging out in that crack. Don't tell uh, Don't tell Tom Hardy. He may never play Venom again if you tell him. You mean... Oh, yeah. Yeah, he plays Venom. Yeah, he might not. You think he, he cleans his butt? <laughs> he made out with Venom. <laughs> they made out in that movie. <laughs> he seems clean normally when I see him in interviews, but you never know. You never know people what they really are, you know? No, you don't. I you feel know, like you Bo think... would ask Tom Hardy this question and get him to quit acting by doing so. You know, uh, <laughs> I think Tom Hardy doesn't give two squats about he anything. He might give two squats, but that's part of the problem. Anyway, hey, uh, there you go. There's your there's your email and your phone call. Uh, I like to just uh, Crimson Neon says the greatest conversation I've ever heard on a podcast. And oh wow! Well then, that's high that. praise. Thank you. We appreciate you being here, and I'm glad you witnessed it live. Uh, everyone at home, we apologize profusely for what has transacted. Uh, if you'd not, like to leave us an email or a voicemail that we can uh, rift on in such ways, uh, please do eight zero one four seven one zero four six two is the number, or you can leave a voice or uh, email rather over at frogpants.com slash core. There's a link, you hit it, and boom, you send us a contact. That is easy. Uh, I think it's going to do it for the show. <laughs> uh, are we missed anything? No, we've said all we can say, except for the web stuff. Let's do that. How about this? Hey, do you know the, uh, how we pay for the show? Here's how we do it. You guys go on, go on over to patreon.com slash, uh, what is this show? Core. No. <laughs> well, I don't blame you for forgetting. They've been calling uh, it fecal I, core. Okay, I'm we're back. We're at, we're at core show. Sorry. Uh, uh, Patreon.com slash core show. It's right there on the page. Why am I not reading it? Patreon.com slash core show. And uh, why wouldn't you? This is such great nonsense. Why wouldn't you want to go over there? 
Uh, also, uh, what else? Uh, uh, you can find Dear us on the... Dear <laughs> I was a fan of your show back when you talked about Heroes of the Storm. So you sound like... Then a... you decided to talk about video games. Uh-huh. But I will no longer be listening past the email segment where you feel it is acceptable to write about fecal matter. You sound like a Castlevania villain now, and I don't like it. Hey, here's another one of those guys. Can you smell it? That's totally one of those guys, too. <laughs> that's what the symbiote's saying telepathically. Yep. Teddy Brock. That's right. Eddie. Can you smell Can it, you Eddie? Smell it? Can you smell it's it, buddy? Like, <laughs> like, smell my appendage. <laughs> uh, all right. That's uh, that's all. What else? Frogpants.com slash core is our website. Uh, core pod, John underscore Jagger, Scott Johnson, and Bo Schwartz on Twitter. That's going to do it for us. Thank you all for listening. We'll be back next week with a whole other show. Until then. Take care of each other. Goodbye. This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Frog Pants Network. Get more shows like this at frogpants.com. His dad is like some surgeon cancer genius guy. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.